Hey, Redline Radio listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. We have a special guest that will be joining us in a little bit on the show. His name is Doug's Coach Doug's Big Jags guy. He's in Chicago, and he took him around for some beefs and Lou Malnati's. I would like to touch on that if you don't mind early. Let's do it. Okay, excellent. Uh, some White Sox news, some groundbreaking, shattering Notre Dame news that we are not going to let Chief run from. <laughs> Actually, we are. Let's start with the Bears. All right. So the Bears, so you want to start with the game, or do you want to start with uh, kind of where we're at 502 games left. I think it you makes sense me. if we could level set emotionally before we start talking about the Jags. Because I want to know, I when we recorded our podcast, it was before the Cardinals-Eagles game. Yes. And so we were a little bit optimistic. We were talking playoff scenarios mm-hmm. on our last podcast. And then the Cardinals went out and won 33-26. Well, I'll, I'll say this right off the bat about the Cardinals. I don't think they're that good. Me neither. No. I no. think they're going to lose. I really do. I do think they lose one of these last two games. Who do they have? They have the Niners, and then yep. they have the Rams. Right. I do think they're going to lose one of those, and then it's going to become the matter of can the Bears win our last two? You know? So, we'll see. We know they can win at least one. I feel like they're going to beat Jacksonville. Yes, I feel like they will beat Jacksonville. And that is right so. there with Green Bay. We yes. got some help after the postgame podcast, too. Mm-hmm. The Saints lost which moves the Packers that much closer towards the first-round clinch. Yep, yep exactly. So we need the Packers to win this week. Yeah. Yeah, we want the Packers to have the bye sealed up. Yeah, so they're and resting everybody. coast into Week 17. But then again... <laughs> it is such a shitty situation. <laughs> well, another thing that happened is the Jets won. Rest? So there's some more help that the Bears got. Yes. Jets win incentivizes Jags to tank further. Yes. Okay. And a little bit more help, I think, that the Bears got. The Rams lost. Does that motivate or incentivize the Rams Week 17 to then play the Cardinals harder? It's a weird situation with those teams right there, I think, okay? Because mm-hmm. I don't believe the Rams are out of the division right now. They're one so, game behind the Seahawks. They're one game behind the Seahawks, so they're still alive, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a big race for that first wild card because everyone wants that first game at the NFC East game, at the NFC East, right? Well, no, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's gonna it's worst record. So, who like hypothetically, if we get in in the last seed, we're gonna fit, fit, face the Saints. That's what. Yes. I okay. That. Yes. 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 Which well, is great. Yes. 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 Okay. We don't okay. need to get to that matchup, but that's I, great. Right. Because we're gonna be the, the NFC East will be the fourth seed. Yes. Okay. Then right. yeah, yeah, the yeah, Bucks yeah. is the next mm-hmm. wild card ahead of us. They would be at Seattle. Yep. Then, right now it's the Rams. They would be at Washington. Correct. We want that spot. So there's going to be some 
Some jockeying. Creative jockeying. Yeah. Yes, correct. And I think the important thing I'm trying to wrap my brain around is, is there indifference on the schedule for these teams? I want to minimize that. I don't want these teams going into week 17, and it's like, well, if you win or lose, it doesn't matter because we're the four seed anyways. Right. So it sounds like what we're shaping up for is I want the Rams to care as much as possible. And I think they will. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're now, the for- other thing is Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Do we want to spend a second? Is he the type of guy who would spoil this? Like well, the Niners? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's not, yeah, and, and they're five and nine. They're not in that tank zone. Like they kind of know kind of where they're going to be. Like they want to win. So I think that they hopefully could, that's kind of a spin. I would is it? I would think kind of, kind of seven and nine and five and eleven is huge on the draft board, right? But at the same time, they are going at the last place schedule regardless next year. True. You know, yeah, so I love that. They are getting fourth. Place, Thank you, Edward. So, Fuck, you know, I needed that. So, it's okay. Like, sure. I, they're going to go out there and compete, I would say. I would agree. Like, it's not going to be as blatant as some of these other teams who are not trying to win. Okay. So I would say, uh, do we want a ball scale or pizza scale individually or as a group? Like, how we feel about the factors that are outside of our control. you got to feel great. Right? I think I, the ball I mean, scale like, is going to be, like, to the top. They're one team right now, the, possibly one of the few teams that are going to Rest week seventeen is going to be who we play week seventeen. Yep. You got to feel good about that. I, I just get so mad thinking about all this because of that Lions game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, I know that, it sucks. You know, and then who is the Jordan Love too? Like if he gets in, he's like, "This is my time to shine." As in week seventeen, Rogers say, "Why don't you take a break?" Jordan Love tries to prove himself. I don't know. There, there's some factors, but dude, I, Akeem Hicks might kill him. That's Akeem true Hicks too. might be like, "I'll never, yeah. I'll make sure this guy never starts another game for the Green Bay Packers." Yeah. So well, it's it's interesting. It's one of those things where we're pretty confident how this week's going to play out. Yep. Which I'm interested. I mean, Doug's just sitting right there. So we ask him, "How are you feeling about this weekend's game?" Oh, I'm feeling great about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mic'd up. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I'm feeling really good about it. Are you? Oh yeah. What yeah. are you feeling good about in particular? <laughs> oh, listen. I mean, the the Jaguars are gonna are gonna lose tremendously, and uh, we, we're gonna be one step closer to Trevor Lawrence. See, there's there you go. Like he told me on yep. the way here that he's buying a Bears jersey. Yeah, I'm looking for a Bears jersey. <laughs> I'm gonna try and you know, be just because he wants. Yeah, everybody there wants to, to win. Like I can't imagine as a sports fan being in a position where I am vehemently rooting against my own team to lose. Or to win, rather. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's which is exactly what all Jags fans should be doing right now. Well, I feel like yeah. it only happens once in a blue moon. It's like the like you have a chance of Connor McDavid, LeBron James, right? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Like it's it's like it's true. Like it's it's special rare in circumstances where it's like you know this guy is going to be like anti tank chief is probably looking for forward to three and thirteen. He'd be like, we got to win. It's a good I, thing to win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think and so. This is, like you said, I don't this think is so. such a different yeah. situation. If you're, what's yeah. the Jags record? They're one. I, I felt a little sick saying it, you know. But no, I know that's why. Case. Like, I, yeah. it, it bothers me that you can never fucking get to the point where it's like, yeah, it's just better to lose. Yeah. When it, it's just sometimes it's, it's like true. lose the battle, win the war type yes. of thing. Right. One yes. step backward, ten thousand yes. steps forward with Trevor Lawrence. You're a history guy. Yeah, and I and I, I don't I don't mind. It's not that I'm rooting against the Jaguars. It's not like vehemently or anything. And it, it's it's not even in the sense that like I hope they lose. It's just I'm so used to them losing. It's just <laughs> nice that now there's an upside to it as well. Yeah, and that's yeah. well put, Dougs. Mm-hmm. Very well put. You're sure. not going to walk away with Leonard Fournette this time. No, right. No. And I think that's that. Okay. We're taking this week-by-week week approach. 
we pretty know we pretty we're pretty sure what's going to happen this week. We'll see how the rest of the dust settles. The second show is usually diverted to talking about other storylines. Yeah, and I really wanted to bring it up on the post game show, but I know that's designed to talk about the game we just watched. But I couldn't help but watch this week's game or last week's game and the week before that against the Texans and think about the divider between Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Okay, what do you mean by that divider? So I sat there, I was like, man, you see how Bill Lazor's been calling plays. You see some of these guys, Bilal Nichols, having great games. Like at some point, Ryan Pace deserves a lot more credit for, and, and listen, we've given him credit as well. So it's not like we've been completely shut out on it, but he's yeah. drafted pretty well defensively. For sure, you know, and he's he's there's just the fucking the gimmies, yeah, you know the the the, the big ones, the three foot out putts, yeah. He's just he can't sing, yeah. Him up. yeah. So I don't know how he's to got feel, the hips. yeah. I don't know how to feel like yeah. about him in regards to like, do you guys think the Bears roster is talented? Yes. Oh yeah. Do you think it's more talented Dude. than what we've been given? Yeah. Well, and it's like one of those things where it's. You know, we talk about this and we like pace and all the things that he's done where we the you just use a three foot foot putt analogy. We've talked before about he's loaded the bases like that didn't happen by accident. Like the bases are loaded. Mac Jackson Cohen when he's healthy. Mooney's been a great pick. Like there's a litany of them. Then he strikes out with the bases loaded with the you know, we say like the dividing between Nagy and pace. Well, he hired Nagy. He drafted Trubisky. Like, those are the two big, like, swing strikes out with the bases loaded. Like, if he had gotten those right, they're probably building them a statue. If they had Watson or Mahomes, this team probably has a Super Bowl on their belt. What's another job where you could do pretty much everything right, but if you don't do the one thing, it just not, doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. What's another job, right? Because we sat here, I said, what, it was at week three, and I was like, man... If the Bears would make the playoffs, based on how good Cam Newton looks, I want Ryan Pace fired right then and there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Right. Well, he's done so much well, but he just he whiffed on the most important thing, you know. And I don't. Right. I think the other thing is free agency stumbled. Now Jimmy Graham is getting the most that we can get out of Jimmy Graham. He's yep. got six touchdowns, but he's getting nine million dollars a year. And I think it, when they sign that contract, if you're like, "Hey, Jimmy Graham's going to have like six to seven touchdowns all within the ten yard line," I think you'd take that because yeah. you're like, "Well, that's exactly where we struggled those last couple of years." But the Robert Quinn contract is really that just like really bothers me. Yeah. And then the other thing that I, does this bother anybody else? The offensive line looks so completely different. And what did they do? They moved bars in a Fetty. They moved white hair. They put Mustafar in at center. The second Mustafar gets in the field, every, all people can talk about is how great. Am I saying his name? Yeah, right? but it doesn't like, matter. I kind of like it say, better. Dude, but he's yeah. saying, everybody's saying how much they fucking love this guy. Yeah. Uh, so how much is that on the coaching staff? Where it's like, dude, uh, you guys just need to flip flop that guy and get this guy in there. All on the coaching staff. Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. Staff. All on yeah. the coaching staff. <laughs> there are those the weird, weird, weird athletes <clears throat> at every level of sports. That just fucking sucks in practice and doesn't do anything to earn his playing time, and then he gets in a game and he just does well. Yeah. So maybe that's one of these situations. Yeah. I don't know. Just real quick, but to the Mustafer Mustafer thing, it's almost like Mufaletta Muffaletta. Yeah. I kind of like that Carl's got him as Mustafer. Like, I'm a Mufaletta guy. Yeah. yeah. So I well, like that. You know what? And and I'm getting better, but I do. I just. The fact they're talking about how great of a teammate he is and how much everything works better when he's at center. Mm -hmm. And so, to Ed's point a little bit, 
hey, that's not necessarily a pace thing. That's definitely a naggy in the coaching thing. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. Sure, Robert Quinn hasn't performed up to his contract. Sure, Danny Trevathan looks older, but that was a tough. That was a tough call. Yeah, you're damned yeah. if you do, you're damned if you don't. All right, right. let's gamble on Kwiatkowski. He played X amount of games, small sample size, and there was a bigger sample size that says he wasn't as good. Right. So you know, we I went wasn't with a huge fan. We went with our leader. We went with our captain. Yep. At you know thirty thirty one, I, I forget exact what age he is now, and he's he's fallen off a little bit more than we we, we projected. Mm-hmm. And Robert Quinn is is a situation where it's the allocation of funds, right? Yeah. Where we could have put that towards something mm-hmm. else. We could have mm-hmm. put that towards a tackle because make no mistake about it, the defense is fine. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that knowing that Green Bay was tough, and then last week was tough. Yeah. But l- largely, the defense has been fine, even with him underperforming. Can I make an argument for Pace signing Robert Quinn? What's that? Because I like sometimes things just don't work out. But as, with me, as long as your like logic is sound. I can be like, all right, the guy just didn't perform, but like the logic was sound. If you sign that guy there, it's like the idea is probably to just get more out of your absolute best player. It's Khalil Mack. You can't shade to that side. You can't chip to that side. And that that's going to free up a guy with like Robert Quinn to hopefully get more one-on-ones and win. And so the entire d- defensive line on top of that. Right. So yeah. it's like, you know, we tried it with Leonard Floyd. It, he didn't really work out. Let's try to upgrade that just a little bit. How nasty can this defense be if we help out our best player a little beef bit? Beef it up. Beef mm-hmm. it up. And then it's like we know, like, we like we might not be able to sign the right, the right type of tackle, but if we can just get more out of Mac by having a counterpart, like, that logic makes sense to me. Yeah. It just, like, Quinn just hasn't performed, but the money is, the money was so big. Like, I forget sometimes lot, how yeah. big the money is. I just, I'm just at a point where I see the players on the field, I see who we have, and it's it's just now ever ever so upsetting knowing that this team should be a lot better. Yeah. So to that, I asked you guys to put together a list of uh, Ryan, dra- Ryan Pace draft picks before. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe it'd be interesting. We could like chop it up and get into more specifics about Pace's draft because I think like one thing that just keeps coming up is Ed's point. We see that on Twitter is like, hey, when Mooney has a big game, it's like, hey, Mooney's a that's a good fucking pick, mm-hmm. or like Cody Whitehair at guard. Like, man, look at him get to the second level. I'm like, you know, yeah, he's a second round pick. Or we talk about, um, I mean, there's so many of these fucking Cohen guys. Nichols, you know, right? Yeah, like guys, yeah, Tariq Cohen's out of NC State. He's a a and T. Yep. N C A and T state. Close. Whatever. He's an all pro. Yeah. So we'll give Pace some credit. So I asked mm-hmm. you guys to rank rounds two through five, one through fifteen. Mm-hmm. I gave you guys fifteen names. So right off the bat, the we agree that Eddie Jackson's by far his best yes. pick. Yeah. That's especially like that was a fourth no round brainer. pick. He's one of the best safeties in the league. The guy's a fucking stud, like home run. Yeah. Like, you can arguably say, inarguably say it's stupid that Eddie Jackson went as late as he did. Yeah, if you were going to do a redraft of that year, he'd be he's a top a, five pick. That's for, right. For sure a top first round pick. Like, for sure a first round pick. So That's just his teams. You just overthink things. Like, yeah. Eddie Jackson was awesome at Bama. Oh, he's hurt, though. Yeah. I don't know about him. That he's, number four at You don't Bama. think yeah. you pick, and it worked. Yeah. We all agree Eddie Goldman is fucking stuck. He's an animal. He, I right. had him at two. Yeah. Everybody had him at two except for Ed. Ed, you had him at three. Okay. And this is where Ed and I have Amos in the top three as well. Yeah. Well, can I ask a question? How's Amos been doing in Green Bay? I mean, 
they're, it's just tough to argue with Green Bay ever because they're yeah. always in first place. Yeah, no, you know? fair. I, I just kind of slid him down because it's like he's a really good player, but he was also part of this, this defense, and I I hadn't been following how he's good he He's got one pick this year, two sacks. Uh, he's been in on 69 tackles, 55 solo. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. To, it's hard to judge a safety they, off of right. numbers. But. They have the least amount of interceptions in the league. Yeah. But I'm also I – I bumped out Goldman because he just didn't play. Didn't this play this year. That's, yeah. It was more so – Less against Goldman. Yeah. There or, were a few like asterisks for my drafts too. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was for that sure. was my whole thing. Yeah. With so Amos this is where I'm kind of looking at it now. Is so like as you're getting into this, then what's important to you is you say like this is a good draft pick, bad draft pick. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I was like Adrian Amos has just been a starter every year. He's coming. Yeah, to the that's league. a great pick. Gets a big yep. contract, all that stuff. There's a difference between a second rounder and what was Amos fourth, fifth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a, there's a difference yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. And he is another guy. He was, he was a stud yeah. at Penn State. Yeah. He was a stud. So. I'm going to out myself here on the fourth round. This is where things get tricky. I had to put Jordan Howard fourth, and you guys all have him. I think outside the top ten. Yeah. The reason I have him there is just because he scored like 34 touchdowns as bear. I mean, he was a stability marker. Yeah. When we needed him, but he's done absolutely nothing since. Yeah. Since we got yeah. absolutely yeah. nothing for mm-hmm. him. I. And like I looked at him and I was like, I want I want to feel this way about David Montgomery in two games mm-hmm. where I don't think it's close. I didn't know if there's recency bias because this is where I'm wrong. All three of you guys just fucking love David Montgomery. I love Monty. I also took it from a perspective of if I'm going to have these guys going forward, like uh, like you're reading them as like a potential. Uh, so I have like uh, that's kind of how I have it. So I have like some younger guys probably higher than what you do. Which would explain Chief having Cole Komet in his top ten. Ooh. I have him at like eight or nine. I think. Nine. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That so I thought the opposite. So a lot of the more recent picks for me were towards the end of my top fifteen for that exact reason. They just haven't done anything yet. Like Johnson was, <clears throat> I would say, a very solid player for the Bears this year. But I had him at thirteenth. Just because. Oh, I see. I think he's a stud. That's like, crazy. He's that, a corner, Dave. I know. Like he's got but, Johnson fourth. Like Amos signed a big contract. Kwiatkowski signed a big contract. And listen. You know what? I think I could probably flip him and Daniels, too, because Daniels hasn't been that great, and he's been hurt. So It's a tough conversation, too. There's so many things yeah. that go into this. Like, yeah. It's a tough conversation. But, like, Johnson, I look at that guy, and it's like, you can pencil him, in, him as your starter for the length of this contract, and he's all like a day one starter. It was like, who's going to be that other corner opposite of Fuller? He came in. He locked it down basically right away. He's been an impact player the whole time as a rookie. So he's only going to get better. Um, that's why I had him so he high. He has been picked on a little bit this year, but I think a lot of that is. You know, but he's still like pro, yeah. pro football focus still has him graded out as one of like the top corners. Yeah, in the he's, league. Been, he's been so. good. He's been very good. Um, the hardest thing I had to do is put Mooney over Miller. I we all have Miller. Mooney over Miller, but yeah. it was just like fuck. Miller's been here, you know. But Mooney's just like again, it's like that recency bias. Mooney's that guy. Like if you had one to go forward, though, it's Mooney, right? For sure, absolutely. There's yeah. not even a question about it. And you got to take the circumstances into account. The Bears traded up for Miller, burned yeah. a second round pick, and he hasn't been good. He's just in the mix more, man. Yeah, he's just in the mix more. See, I I look at Mooney as a guy who can de- like continue to develop and be like a very good number two. Where I feel like Miller's always going to be like that slot punt returner depth number three, number four type receiver. Yeah, I do think there's an element. I've said this before, Anthony Miller. I know he's a talented wide receiver. He is like the number one guy on this list. Who, if and when he goes elsewhere, I know he's going to be solid. Yeah, like, I just know it. Yeah, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, runs great fucking routes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, listen, Bears have had offensive problems. They've had problems with the quarterback. Guess who 
falters the most when that happens. A guy like him. The wide yeah. receivers. Yeah. Yeah. But so. Mooney has still outplayed him. Definitely. He's so, just more yeah. he's in more creative packages. It's yep. when Mooney Mooney makes a catch, it feels like there it was a design, you know. Right. We gotta when get, it's gotta Miller, get them. it's like he was just, you know, mm-hmm. he was that guy who's the third option, whatever. Yep. Last couple of things here. Whiteheart Whitehair is just like right in the solid for all of us. I I like him. I, he just fits really well. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I could use important. two Cody Whitehairs on the line. Oh yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like smart guys that know their shit. Yep. He's been really shitty at center. When they That's move to guard, it. he's been better. When he doesn't, when he doesn't have someone over him, and he's playing in space, and he, you know, he could, he could crack down on a gap, or he could go to the second level. He's very good. But when he's got to go against one of these three hundred and thirty pound linemen, yeah. head to head, he just doesn't fare well. So he's kind of a, kind of a tough call with him. But yeah, overall, like he, he can. He's I a, like him. He can be a starter, but if you have, if your entire offensive line, like if he's your best lineman, that's not good. Right, yeah. You know, like, but if he's if he's a piece of the puzzle, you're like, okay. Like, he's a, he's a get-by guy. He's a good interior guard. Yeah. And then the last thing, I had a hard time getting a 15, so I included Deion Bush. Yep. And it seems like we had all kind of put him 15. From a DB perspective, when does a guy like Gibson get into the mix to be? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is it too way too early for our earlier drafted guys, Shelley? Like they're not in that conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Charlie no. hasn't done enough. I mean, right. I liked what he saw, but from him, but where it's like you know, Deion Bush is not a non-factor in the lineup. But he's he's special like, team. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like he's not a bad special teams guy. Like you, you got to fill out that you know fifty-three man roster. I kind of feel like if you draft a guy in the fourth round or later and he makes your team, that's a win. It's not a liability to me either. Okay, because. If you remember, he filled in for Eddie Jackson in yeah. that playoff game, and it wasn't like yeah. – like, don't get me wrong, we could have used Eddie Jackson, Fuck obviously, yeah. but it wasn't like a thing where it's like, oh, we're going to get picked on. We're going to get picked on. Yep. He was not Chris Conti. Right. Well said. Which is so. a good thing to not be. It's a great thing, Dave. He's been in the league forever. <laughs> it does feel good there aren't any omissions that turned out to be like pro bowlers elsewhere. Yeah. Why did, did – Riley Ridley, I'm curious why you didn't keep him out. I forgot. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. He has only caught ten balls for 109 yards. Yeah. Tough, which is Tough. he was fourth second round, round pick? fourth rounder. Was, he was fourth round. Yep, that was a fourth rounder when they didn't need a receiver too. Yep, tough. That's why that one hurts. Tough. Yeah, ten, ten balls, 108 yards, no touchdowns. So I, I like specifically was like I can't put him in there. Same thing with Vildor. Where, where did I know where I Shaheen? Had... I, was, I was almost mad enough, <laughs> mean enough to include Shaheen in there just to fuck with you, Ed. Mm. Where do you guys? Ha- I know you said I had Komet the highest. Where did you guys kind of have him? I had him at fourteenth. Mm, I had a bush. See. Eleven. Okay. Fourteen. Chief had him at nine. So what I would like to do is then. Packages up, put this on social, and then send us your top fifteen. I like that, and that just kind of get that going. Fifteen's yeah. a lot, so maybe next time yeah, I'll do also, ten. Like, it's we, a lot, and we don't have any criteria though. But I don't think you can have criteria. No, yeah, and it's also this is not like a, this is not a propaganda piece for Ryan Pace. Like we just mentioned, Riley Ridley was left out. Adam Shaheen was left out. There's been other bad things. But you that's see that? Just, well, next week we'll do Matt Nagy's worst decisions if they lose. <laughs> yeah. Matt Nagy's best decisions if they win. Yeah. They like also. That. Pace. I don't know how much credit you give him for this, but he's got two starters on the offensive line right now who are undrafted free agents. So you that's know, important. Like yeah. if you're if you're bargain hunting, I did not include undrafted free agents. Right. In my so Very. so bars and must Mustafer, uh, like those guys are. Uh, you know they're they've been productive these last two, three Very weeks. At least it's so in my brand not to that. be a name guy. Like if yeah. I don't like Jeff Bezos. 
Bezos. Bezos. I still Bezos. don't know what it is. It is yeah. Bezos. But no, it's I Bezos. Bezos. Well, when I can't, right. you when say, I, you used to I say, say Bezos. Bezos. But right. it's saying it's yes. like part, yeah. no one, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, Carl's a no shit. Like, I'm just not. No, no one's saying Pronunciation that. guy is not mine. Right. See, it's when like, I can't, when I say something wrong, you say I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah, but there's sometimes you do that. No. Really? I, I, there's one word with rap hurt now. That's it. That. I just like the way Mustafer sounds. I, just, I think, I, like, then he's like a moose. Like, we he's should a make fucking moose. moose. That's Mustafer's. his name now, Moose. Yeah, maybe, yeah let's do it. Mustafer. It, I don't think he's going anywhere the way they talk about him. They just love him. And Mongo. Sometimes I fuck around and say Mongo instead of Mango. Oh. That's the only two pronunciations no. I do on purpose. What's the rapper he did before? Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. I did not know that. See that was that was on my, the video. I did not know it was that way. When the See, Bears I always just think you're laying up. little. Edge just laying little like mouse traps, waiting for you to just step in. That's what I always think. That's why I think you're mispronouncing stuff because you want to get. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I take it back, Ed. It's all right. What else we got? We got three chi. Chief. <laughs> Chief. <laughs> Loves three chi. I do. I do. It, it's like my favorite. Do you need the ad read copy or no? Uh, no, it's a federally legal THC. It's derived from these, uh, you know, uh, it's all USA grown hemp. They invented this product. So they invented the marketplace, our guys at 3Chi. And um, I will need it to know exactly what our promo code is. So, Carl, if you can pull that up for me. You got it. But, yeah, I, I love the drops at night. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a weed guy. I'm a 3 chi guy mm-hmm. because I it's like the perfect way to relax. You don't get like the anxiety. You don't have the fogginess the next day. I take the gummy at night to kind of chill out as I have my dinner, kind of relax for the day, do a little drop under the tongue. I sleep great. And when I wake up, I wake up normally. So I'm a morning guy. I wake up feeling good. There's no better product for that type of relaxation than 3 chi. Yeah, because I know a lot of a lot of marijuana can can cross over the lines that we're talking about too groggy mm-hmm. you know anxiety inducing it's hard to manage you don't really know what you're what you're getting yourself into so this is really like the perfect delta eight just the perfect product yeah it can't you can't beat it so it is, it is my favorite i highly highly recommend it to everybody and you know i've given it to my dad um you know my dad's not like a, a, a mm. marijuana guy either he loves the th he loves the this federally legal thc delta eight that uh, comes with three cheese so it's a great product i can't endorse it strongly enough you guys know we only endorse products that we believe in this is at the top of the list for me so you guys can enjoy this by going to three chi the number three chi.com three chi.com to shop for delta eight vapes gummies tinctures and oils that can be used to make homemade edibles Use code CHICAGO at checkout to receive 5% off your order. Must be 21 to purchase. Follow them at 3CHICBD, 3CHICBD, follow them at 3CHICBD. CHICAGO, 5% off. I like slinging promo codes. I mean, and it's 5% and it makes a difference. And just try it and you'll be like asking to pay for more. Because that's like, how you'll, like you'll just be a full price guy forever because the product is that good. Do you have a full chief endorsement there? Yep. Um, it's got a full White Sox Day endorsement too. Just throwing that in there. Yeah, you become you're like becoming a video gamer, fucking three chi guy now, huh? That's true. It is very <laughs> true. Speaking of which, I got a 24 hour stream starting at 2 p.m. today. So when this drops, how late will you be in the stream, and what can people do to go follow you? You during can that follow stream? it at twitch.tv slash barstool sports or twitch.tv slash barstool chicago. Uh, Smitty and I have to get a duos win in Warzone Call of Duty, and we have either 24 hours to complete it or until we get the first win, but we suck so bad at the game, it's going to take us 24 full hours, so I'll be up until 2 p.m. 2 p.m. tomorrow playing 
that game with Blockhead City. What would happen if you played Tony LaRusa head to head in Call of Duty? He would fucking hate it. It's the same thing as like like your dad doesn't play. He's a Hall of Famer, brother. I'd probably figure it out. (laughs) So we we should probably touch on that. So Tony LaRusa's pleaded guilty to reckless driving. He's got to do a day of house arrest. That'd be sneaky hilarious if they like wouldn't let him do it like tomorrow and just get it over with and made him do it like in the middle of the season. I like I'm I but want that so badly. I kinda want it to. It just not because I want any more bad news surrounding the White Sox, but because I think it'd be kind of funny. It'd be more humiliating for him. I mean that's what we're all doing right now anyways. Like what the fuck else are we doing? Yeah. We're not doing anything. It's like not even a punishment. No, it's oh, not even gotta a stay punishment. Home? Yeah, he's gotta stay home and like can't take the dog out to take a shit or anything. He's gotta dump on the hardwood. It but, would also um, be funny if he had to have like an ankle bracelet in the dugout, like that. yeah, like, <laughs> like, like they have to track his. Like movements. he's going to yeah. pull fucking yeah, like <laughs> like Lance Lynn in the seventh inning next year, and he's got the fucking ankle the bracelet on. Cops arrest him. Like, as he like crosses I am that. all for, and I've said this before. Like you're, if you drink and drive, you're an asshole. If you do it twice, you're, and not only get caught, but even do it twice. Like you're just a piece of shit. And he did it twice. He got caught twice. And what do you I'm think all the, for public humiliation. What do you think of the White Sox kind of drawing a hard line, like no more strikes? I've never seen a team do that before. But they flat out said it in the press release, no less, that, like, hey, like, it's like not to use the baseball pun and euphemism, like one, two, three strikes are out. They said, like, he doesn't get a third strike. Does it have to be a DUI, or is it have, like, can he have, like, can he be down to the Viagra Triangle next summer? Like, getting and be, fucked like, up. Publicly yeah. shit faced. Is that allowed? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they've communicated like all their expectations of him very mm-hmm. thoroughly to him when they when they signed him this winter. But um, uh, all in all, people are going to forget about it. Not that you know DUI should be something forgotten about, but if the White Sox are winning like we all expect them to, uh, starting next April, then um, everybody's going to forget about it. And that's just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. If they're winning, nobody's going to give a shit how big of a drunk Tony Larusa is because. Like that's how it goes. Yep. So that's how I'm operating. Just go and win baseball games. Keep your mouth fucking shut. Don't you know? Don't piss off the clubhouse and go and pull the pitchers. Go and set the lineup. That's all you got to do. I'm interested to see if the Tony Larusa and the White Sox, like they're standing by their guy right now at the height of cancel culture. Is this going to be like a swinging the pendulum back where like an institutional strategy starts coming in where it's like we stand by our people during their mistakes because people have just made so many mistakes lately. Did the White Sox save America? Like is this, are the White Sox (laughs) basically revolutionizing the way people stand by their employees? An excellent question. I I think they are now that you mention it. Absolutely. Like, so now um, you like Jerry Reinsdorf. Not necessarily. No, I don't like. I'm writing a fucking another hit piece on that piece of shit right now. Kinda, <laughs> kinda. But um, well, I, I thought you'd be happy today. Did they just sign a fucking? Yeah, they just signed uh, Uanus Suspedis's younger brother Yoki. I don't. I like that name. Yoelki. I'm so, I'm Yolk. pronouncing it. Um, but yeah, um, pretty much consensus number one overall international uh, free agent. If. That's kind of how you want to put it. He's going to be signing next month when he is legally allowed to sign with the major league team. Um, and everything about him, like if you read what his older brother, Uranus, his uh, scouting reports were, it's like carbon copy. Ur- <laughs> Uranus? Come on, what'd you Uranus? just call him? Uranus. 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 It sounded Uranus. like Uranus Cespedes. Uranus. It's Uranus. Nothing's worse than Yasiel Puig. Puig. But sorry. Puig? I yeah, Americanized it's from the gum gate. Fuck you, do me. Yeah, it's 
It's I Americanized. Oh, it. is that what he said? It's, yeah, Yashiel Puig. Puig. Is that how you... You've come a long way, Dave. And we're, we, we're just saying this, and he calls him Mo Bamba. You know what's going to cheer you up, though? Or not cheer you up. You're already happy because you got Spettis' brother. Coach Duggs and I were talking. You know what? He got. He has a card pack he wants to open up here with us, and it's only four cards. It's a Ooh. baseball pack. Guess what the most valuable card in Louis this Robert. is? Yeah, did you know that? I saw one. So we were talking on radio. This is months ago about how I thought that the like the memorabilia and autograph and, and baseball card market just completely nosedived. Apparently, it made a rebound. I want to say it was for ninety thousand dollars. The uh, Luis Robert rookie card recently sold for. Yeah, well, it was like eighty nine thousand seven hundred. Yeah. Any more background, Coach? Um, <clears throat> no, I don't. I was just going to pull out the cards. Oh, there we go. I was going to pull out the box. Yeah, there we go. Let's so, yeah, for some reason, that, that Lou Bob uh, baseball card went for a fuck ton of money. Fuck yeah. Should we do a live opening? Carl, yeah, what do let's you think? Do it. I like the idea It's only of that. four cards. So right now. Do you care, Coach? No, no, no. I was, I was going to actually ask you guys if you wanted to do it. This is one of the nicest things. So I'll do one card. You guys do Or how does this work? So yeah, let's what's, do it. What's in the box? You're going to... When Push you open the microphone the box, a little closer, oh, Coach. Sorry. 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 Uh, when you open the box, there's going to be three. There's going to be one pack that has three cards in it. Um, one of those cards is uh, going to be numbered parallel. Um, and then underneath the pack, there's going to be an encased card. So it's already an already like closed up card. This so why don't so I exciting. start by op- by taking up plastic off the box and then Chief, and then okay. you can do the next step do of this. Do you want to use the keys to... Well, be careful, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I trust him. I, I would... Uh, he can do it. You got it? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm stubborn enough to not accept help for a menial task like this. Plastic uh, is off the box. And I tell you what, what you can do, there's uh, when you first open it up, there's going to be like a, a black little divider, a uh, foam. Go ahead and take that off. Um, Let me just leave this up. Wait, how do we open it top up? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it should open up Ooh, just geez, like a regular oh, box. Yeah, I see it. Ooh, now, look at this! Look at this like, now, black box. This yeah. is I know it looks technology awesome. cheap. Now, but when you when you open it up, there's going to be the, the foam, and then there's going to be this the pack underneath it. Okay. Slide out the pack and leave the foam there, so it keeps the encased card uh, covered. Okay. All, right. All right, I see what you're saying. So we got it. I'm just going to close my eyes and take the pack, and then Carl's going to slide. Great radio, people. Ooh, <laughs> great good. radio. So I'm going to hand yeah. the pack over to Dave, and I'm going to hand it over to Ed. All right. Now, what's that one? That that's in there's, case we're there's gonna open one, that one last. One, right, yeah, right, just, it's so already in case. We'd like to get Dave. Dave, Dave, Jesus, Dave, hold a second. Oh my, you know, I, I just see nothing. We're gonna right, have Doug's we go. open that one. Yeah, yeah. Nice little unpacking, unboxing. What do we, we got? Get that one asleep. First see, one up. Ray. We got uh, Brendan McKay. Yeah, he's good. Love Brendan McKay. Number two overall pick out of Louisville. Coach, any value there? Uh, possibly. He's I'm, like I'm, a I'm top say not 10 prospect. This is my, this is my okay. first baseball box. Next, I don't like going back-to-back Rays, but we got back-to-back Rays. Austin Meadows. Yeah, good player traded from Pittsburgh in the, uh, what's it called trade? What's the pitcher's name? Coach, I hope this is worth something, but I'm nervous. Bryce Harper. Ooh. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Nice. It's coming to the south side, baby. Uh, He's finally here. 179 out of 199. Very cool. White Sox Dave finally cool. got Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's a very cool card. And okay. then, um. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. And open it was up. a holographic one too, Coach. Yeah, that's and that there's going to be the numbered the numbered parallel on there. Why don't we get that sleeved up? Yeah, yeah, I got that's, that's the, the guy the guy at the card shop gave Dave, me. Dave, the sleeves. honor is yours for the yeah. black box card. Are we doing that or is Doug yeah, yeah. doing that? No, yeah, go ahead. It's it's already open. It's already just it's going to be in its own little case. Luis Robert, come on, give it to us, give it so to we us. We got an autograph card here, and this <laughs> players. Uh, 
uh, grandfather is quite arguably the best left fielder in baseball history. Oh, come on. Tell me it's a Yaz it's Giants a Yaz. card. It's a Yaz Giants card. One of 50. Is that, does that mean anything? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very cool. It's very so good. So he's got, he's got the first card of this entire collection, I guess. It's one of 50. Mike Yastrzemski had an awesome fucking year last year. Um, obviously, you've heard Hawk talk about his grandfather ad nauseum. He basically sucked him off his entire Jesus uh, Christ, tenure as White Sox broadcaster. But yeah, that's Mike Yastrzemski. He's a good ball player. That really was fun. Yeah, yeah, any, yeah, anytime, no, anytime you get a good player, um, and then with the numbered cards, obviously the you know the lower uh, if it's out of fifty, out of hundred, the lower that out of number is is, is important. But this then is also, this is number one. Yeah, the actual, but that's the big thing is a lot a lot of people you know collectors in their mind that that's that's a big deal to them so anytime you get a number one even if it's out of a hundred it's still like a big deal to get number one so how would you rate this pack or do you got to do some more research i'd have to i'm gonna have to do some more research this is really my first like box like new box i've done old boxes where it's like you know just old minor leagues from the 90s cards just because it's it's junk wax but it's fun to open i'll do some research but i mean it sounds like it's a great card we really appreciate packaging on this podcast that packaging with like the foam insert, the one card that's like special, then the pack, like that was, that was maybe the best card opening experience. Guess of my how life. much it was this box for four cards? I have no idea. How much? Guess, give me a price. Uh, I'm gonna say twelve dollars, nineteen ninety nine. I'm gonna say fifty bucks. <laughs> Tell them, Dougs. It was two hundred dollars. What? Okay, well, I'm looking at, I'm looking right now. So this exact so I card. Sleeve it up. Wow. So there is a hundred, or there is fifty of them. Talk on the microphone, please, Dave. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm looking online right now. So this exact card, there was fifty of them uh, issued. This one is number forty six on eBay. Is going for sixty bucks. There you go. So we're um, halfway towards making our another money. one. Uh, this one doesn't have the number on it. This one's going for eighty bucks. So at number one, I'd, th- I'd say you got half your money back on this one. Well, yeah. you know what this kind of reminds me of is the Monopoly game at McDonald's, where it's like you just peel it off, you're waiting to see like what you get, what it's worth. Like The Monopoly game is so fucking fun and fucking sweet. Like, that's what, ooh, like, what are we going to get? What's that, what's that one? Yeah, sports, sports cards are definitely, they're scratch-offs for, for sports fans. I can get behind that. Yep, I like that a lot. Well, I, dogs. That's a good way to put it. Thank this you is, very much, Yeah, dogs. I want to thank you. Uh, this is a nice gesture, and this is a nice gesture podcast, and I understand Eddie and you had some nice gestures last night. You guys went around and toured the city, so it was, it was a lovely evening. Yeah, what? Well, tell us a little. Tell tell us, tell our audience a little bit about what you guys do. I'm saying he's got a hundred twenty five dollar card here. Can you pass <laughs> that back down to Dubs. <laughs> yeah, we had a nice little lap. You know, I he comes to the city. You got well, obviously want to try the staples. You want to try beef. You want to try a dog. Want to try some deep dish. So we did some Gina Jude's. We did some Johnny's, and we did some Lou's. So uh, I believe he liked all three, which is good. I loved all three. Yeah, loved all three. Yeah. He took a Big bite. Fan. Of, he took a bite of the beef. You want to move here, Dugs? Yeah, we're I, I wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> what about the beef? I mean, what not about it? It was it was delicious. Uh, the, it was amazing that you could actually get because the beef was the beef was wet. Right. Like, yeah, the, that's the beef how we was like wet. It. But the bread and we had been the it had been in the the sandwich had been you know for five or ten minutes at least if not longer. But the bread was still bread like, it, was, it wasn't damp. The bread was the bread was still dry. It defies logic. Yeah. Yeah. He I was all bite. about it. And he just looked at me and smiled. He's like, "This is fucking good, dude. <laughs> yeah. That beef is there's nothing better than so that, much really. fucking better than any like any other beef on the planet. There's nothing that comes close to Johnny's beef. 
is it, really, we, we don't really, really have that, that kind of sandwich at all in Jacksonville. So it wasn't even like it was, it's not like pizza where you're like, oh, you know, you, we've all had pizza, but this is great pizza. It was like the, I haven't had. We have subs from Publix and stuff like that, but we we don't have any. We don't have like a like a beef. Like yeah. we don't we don't have that don't kind have, of you sandwich. Don't have like a, a unique food culture. No, what, not not really. Just right. I mean, it's just barbecue, and even, even that, it's you know, it's like Florida barbecue. Mm-hmm. What about the hot dogs? I I understand you're a hot dog fan generally. It was yeah, Gina yeah. Jude's is that Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was some people dog. around here say that it's not a special hot dog. Do you think that a hot good? dog is a hot dog is a hot dog? I would I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that like but a hot dog. The variance hot dog. between it, pizza was, is bigger than the variance between hot dogs. Have you guys ever yes. seen Frank the Tank's videos? Of his hot dog videos? Yeah. And you ever Raw seen him he talks mm-hmm. he talks about a place called the Ruts Huts all the time? Mm-hmm. It's like a Yep. Yeah, it's a famous North North Yeah. Guess which one Doug said was better. Gene and Jude's. Gene and Jude's. Yeah. Wow. So. I I'll give I I have yet to have really good New York pizza. I think New York hot dogs are fantastic. I like tr- the street like dogs. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't like, had uh, like John's Bleak or anything yet. John's Bleak is awesome, dude. A, a Nathan's hot me. dog, a, a Sabret hot dog is fucking quality. But I've always said this: so long as you get beef hot dogs, you it's like all that, that matters like that at all. No. It's I want to get into it, beef, but that's tough. No, beef okay, hot we dogs. don't have to get into yeah, it. Sorry. No, it's fine. Ed's disgusted with it. I've just Dave had right like now. those gray papayas and shit, and like I'm just not impressed. Mm. What about the deep dish dogs? Oh, I like Nathan, so. You, you want to put good. some respect on Lou Malnati's name while we're here? Yeah, I, I was. for some reason, people on Twitter were like, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's not a local restaurant. That's a chain. It's a local uh, but, chain. But, I mean, if that's a chain, I, I, I like chains. Like if that, I mean, and it, if that's the case, it was good pizza. Doug's is going to open up a Jacksonville Lou Malnati's <laughs> franchise. Should open up a card shop. Yeah, that'd be sweet. One day, that'd be sweet. What else we got, boys? Uh, Chief. Yeah, I, I mean, hockey's coming back. No, what no. What are we doing? <laughs> no. What are we doing? You, you know. know. You know. Oh, uh, I know. We want to talk about Notre Dame. I here. mean, do we want to play the Fighting Irish fight song to get you going, pick you up a little bit. I don't want I'll to. Listen to the Fighting Irish fight song right now. Let's listen to the Fighting <laughs> Irish fight song. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. What else we got, Chief? They got their tits blown off their chests while Clemson was jerking off on touchdown okay. Jesus's face. Okay, wow. that was offensive and graphic and unappreciated. What Take it away, Chief. Overrated Take it away. college what football this weekend? Well, David, so David, David, David. They got smoked. They got smoked. It, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit on radio. I felt way better about the game in 2018 that they lost 30 to three than I did about uh, the game on Saturday in the ACC championship. Couldn't block anybody. Uh, Trevor Lawrence runs like a fucking deer somehow, or and uh, that was that was a factor. And you know, I I thought that Notre Dame they that was like one of the worst games I've seen them play. Um, but Clemson was clearly the better team, so I I, I, I wish they were gonna. I hope they get to play again uh, because I don't know that Notre Dame would be would beat Clemson again. But I don't think they'd get embarrassed like that. But they just they couldn't block. They they had some opportunities in the beginning of the game, and college football is so much about momentum. But when they had that drive go down, they were like, oh, they're going in for a score, and they come away with three. And the next drive, they, they do the doink, and then they miss on the fourth and three, the drop pass. And then it was like, this game, it was like you blinked, and it was 14-3, to three, then 21-3, you know, and, and it was just over. And it was a boat race. And they added a touchdown late, and they were just never, they were never really in it after that fourth and three. So it was very disappointing. I do think they deserve to be where they are. 
which is you know playing Alabama as the fourth ranked team in the country. I think that game will be much more competitive uh, than we saw against against Clemson. And you know you got to give cra- uh, credit to Dabo. You got to give credit to um, uh, I'm blanking on the D coordinator's name. The guy who's been there. Will for, Venable. Yeah, Brett Brett Venable. Close enough. Like yeah, a ton of money. Brett Venable. Yeah, it makes like two and a half million dollars a year to be defense coordinator. Eight. Like you could you could tell that those guys dialed something up a little bit different. So they had some personnel back that really helped them, and then they they made adjustments and they outplayed out coach Notre Dame and uh and they they clearly deserve that win they're clearly the better team it's very disheartening I don't think Notre Dame is as bad as what we saw um and I I'm excited to kind of that they that they have this opportunity to to push back against this narrative that they suck because that's all anybody can say right now they went undefeated the regular season up but people still think they suck so they don't suck they're a big time program they're going to be in this position again and again and again with Brian Kelly, so this one just didn't go well. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame's not about conference championships. They're about national championships, and the national championship is still on the table. So I think I think they have a chance against Bama. Um, not a high chance, I'll say this, but a chance. They don't. No chance? They play, 100, give, they play 100 times how many times they win. I'll give them the exact same chance out of 100 games that Northwestern has at beating them out of 100 games. Hey, Bama, here's Bama's last game against Florida, 52-46. That? That's their closest game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, not by far. I mean, they had a tough one at Old Miss. They won by 15, I suppose. But other than that, it's been pretty much fucking blowout city, three yeah. touchdowns plus. They played Florida really, really tough at home, I suppose, winning by six. Is I just don't know if Notre Dame can. It seems like you have to just be able to go score for score with Bama because just like once Bama gets the ball on offense, yeah, I, yes, and I I think one of the things I was encouraged about watching that Florida game is that Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask and and Ian Book have some similarities where they can extend plays. They're they're like they're good athletes, but they're not great athletes. And uh, you know, they, Florida has some weapons. They're able to move the ball, so I think Notre Dame can mimic uh, some of the same things we saw Florida have success with. But, you know, the other thing that always just scares you is that Nick Saban with a couple weeks to prepare, it's just like that's nobody's on that level. So that's going to be something to overcome. Uh, You know, and I really believe in Tommy Rees as an offense coordinator and Brian Kelly as a head coach and Clark Lee, who just got the job at Vanderbilt uh, to be their head guy as a defense coordinator. Like Notre Dame has a good staff. They have talent. They have a program. Uh, Beating Alabama is, you know, it's a tough measure. Tough measure, but like win or lose, you're satisfied with the season. No, I like I. I'd love to see a, a Notre Dame win a national championship in my lifetime. This is where they're supposed to be. There's another level to get to. I thought that they were. I, I I'm surprised by how that Clemson game went. I have to like reevaluate things a little bit because that it was so jarring. But I think they're right. They're right there, and uh, you know there's still a little bit to overcome. But it's I just like, think the difference then becomes when you're playing Trevor Lawrence, like your margin of error just becomes just like a little bit smaller. Yeah. Like it's not a huge – the difference between playing Clemson close mm-hmm. and not close, you saw it. Like if they go up – what was it? They almost went up 10 nothing, or was it 14 nothing? I mean, they, theoretically, they could have been up They could have been up 14 nothing. Right, So yeah. then you, but then it's like Trevor Lawrence has the ability just in like one quick play, and then he doesn't have bad drives. So like yeah, he, you're never punting to like the right. to midfield with him. You're never – it's never third and 25 with Trevor Lawrence. It's always constantly moving the ball. When you get a stop against a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you're like, holy fuck, right. now we need points. Well, so it's just looking at the – Florida ran the ball nine times. Mm-hmm in scoring 46 points against Bama. So if I'm Notre Dame, you're like going into Bama, do you have to act like you're down by 14 off the start and just come out there and just fucking sling, sling it? it? I mean, that's not Notre Dame's identity this year. Like, they're they're a, a power football team, which kind of plays into what Alabama's strengths are. But they do run everything out of shotgun. I think that, you know, they if they get Chris Tyree 
and Kyron Williams more involved in the passing game. I think there's some mismatches there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be Notre Dame just like they didn't really have the tight ends involved, like Tommy Tremble, you know, like Tommy Tremble, Michael Mayer against, against Clemson, like all the things that are Notre Dame's strengths all year long. And even in the first uh, matchup against Clemson, they didn't really execute. So I, I want to give credit to Brett Venables and Clemson for that. And, you know, we, the, the talk was like, hey, that, that guy Skalski's coming in. But Skalski is kind of like the Danny Trevathan where he's just not good in pass coverage. And Notre Dame has, like, theoretically a lot of guys that should be able to take advantage of a guy who's not good in pass coverage. The two backs, the tight ends, like, they played their middle of the field. Even Ian Book being able to escape pressure. He couldn't, like, Clemson did a good job of, like, keeping him, like, in the pocket and, like, forcing him backwards instead of allowing mm-hmm. him to step up. Notre Dame was missing um, their center, so they had to reshuffle the offensive line. I think that really was clear that on the interior they got fucked by Clemson. And so hopefully they can make some adjustments there, maybe get a little healthier and uh, be ready to go. Can but I get a score prediction? For the Bama game? Do we have a show between now and then? Uh, what date is that? It's January 1. No. No. Okay, so I guess I have to give you one. I'll say Bama, 38, Notre Dame, 27. And what's the line? 19, 19 and a half. 19 and a half? Okay, so you got them covering. I'll go. Ah, that's pretty fair score. Do I'll it, go, I'll Do go it. 41 to 3. To 21. Fuck. Okay. There you go. There we go. Yeah, so disappointing, but, you know, I like where the program The program's at a better spot than any time in my entire life, so it's hard to p- complain too much. This is not Charlie Weiss. This is not Bob Davey. This is not Tyrone Willingham. Like, this is. They've been consistently a top 10 team for a long time. And it goes back to like some of the Theos, like the Theo with the, like, hey, we're just going to try to win 90 games, 95, 90 to 95 games every year, get in the playoffs because it's a crapshoot. Football's less of a crap, college football's less of a crapshoot, but they're going to be in this mix perennially. Uh, and I, I really hope that they can take the next step. They, they have some good recruits coming in and uh, they develop players as good as anybody in the country. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a program. They're going to be here to stay in the top five, and it's hopefully one day they they have their best team at, at a year where they can actually win the national championship. The same thing goes for Illinois under Brett Bielema's leadership. Quick change for Lovey Smith. Yep. Uh, not really at all. Our national championship, 6-7 wins. I've said this before. Like, we've talked about this a thousand times. You want, What Whatever. was that bowl game that's in Toronto? And you play at school against, like, you know, you play Western Michigan? Mayo, the Mayo Bowl. Yeah. Little Caesars Pizza Bowl <laughs> yeah, is a that's good one. one. Yeah. MicronPC.com Bowl was the springboard that Kirk Kittner took as a sophomore to get to the Sugar Bowl as a senior. They beat Virginia. That was a big fucking game. Just, we threw a party for it. I remember where I was for the MicronPC.com Bowl in 1999, fellas. What am I telling you? It you know, doesn't make, like I just need a little something to be texting my buddies when the group text message is going on Saturday morning and it's just you and your buddies from college and you're connecting like that's yeah. it doesn't take much for Illinois people to get there. I was watching I think it was game day or maybe Sports Center this week and they were talking to uh, Herb Street about the Bielema hire and Herb Street was like you know when I was playing which Herb Street played in the early 90s maybe late 80s early 90s he's like Illinois was a problem. And he's like, I don't know how they get back to that. So when you say you're talking about your buddies, like six, seven, eight wins, like that's really good. Your dad's an Illinois guy. 
Yeah. Is he? Is there a disc like a generational disconnect there between? Is like, hey, like in the eighties, like this was a fucking program. In the nineties, like they had you know, yeah, no, on, I mean, they, yeah, they won and, the Big Ten championship in nineteen ninety. They had a good feeder there with with Chicago public school kids. In the eighties, they played dirty with, with a California coach who would go out and get JUCO recruits. Yeah, and just like guys are like, hey, USC wouldn't even touch this guy, right? Perfect, <laughs> right here. <laughs> you're playing linebacker and you are not going to class. Yeah. So they really did. They did that for like a number of years. Culminating, they went to the Rose Bowl. They got their fucking doors blown off by Rick Neuheisel. And then a new AD came in around the late 80s, early 90s, and was kind of reshuffling stuff around. Our highest paid coach at one time was Augie Garrido, the baseball coach, in 88. Think about that. The Jesus. highest paid coach at Illinois was not the basketball. It wasn't Lou Henson. It, was not the ba- it wasn't the football coach. Alice Hughes coach? Yeah, Augie Garrido, the guy from Texas. Or Texas, Texas, that's it, yeah. yeah I he, didn't even know he coached at Illinois. Yeah, he was at Illinois in between Cal State, Fullerton, and Texas. He was I like national coach of the year a couple of years. He was awesome at Illinois. Illinois had a steamroll baseball program. Point is this. When it comes to Brett Bielema, and it comes to putting together like a cultural football, like every resource is imaginable. Mm-hmm. The fact they fired Lovey, even though he had raised so much money and built the facilities up, it's top 15 facility. So to like fire Lovey in the middle of extension, they really had to be clear. Like, wow, these players are not getting any better. If we just had, if we just had somebody who could prepare, somebody who could just just plop them right in here. Yep. Because they have money, infrastructure, resources. The fact that the state of Illinois is is where it is, and a state university just approved twenty five and a half million dollars to Brett Bielan when he coached the football team tells you a lot about where priorities are at with the state. The state, of, the state of Illinois wants a university to have a good football program. There's economic value yep. associated with it. They've put the resources behind it. They've raised the money from big fucking donors in Chicago for Lovey Smith. They just He wasn't there pulling the lever, so they're like, fine, give us Brett Bielema. If Brett Bielema doesn't work out, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a $30 million contract in the wings because it just seems to the point where the rich people in the state of Illinois that are associated with this university are sick and tired of watching them win two, three games. So if Bielema wins... Let's say an average of seven games a year. His first four years, he gets an extension. Gets an extension. He gets a statue, <laughs> dude. I'm not joking. He gets it, like if he wins. If he goes like eight and four three times, and then goes like five and seven. Yeah, yeah. He gets a statue. Okay, we're All carrying right. him off the field. Yeah. We still are fond about the Rick Ron Zook years, and there were only there was one good year. There were only two winning seasons. Yeah, okay, maybe three. All right, three winning seasons mm-hmm. out of, out of eight years. So. But I guess there's optimism, and like we, you know, we have Underwood on. He's a good friend of the program, and I just quick about the basketball team. I don't mind them losing early. I don't think anybody should mind their college basketball team loses early in the season if you know they're going to be seated. Yeah. They're going to be seated in the top five <clears throat> in the tourney. They should top be, five yeah. overall or top no, five seed? like so they'll like, be a, they'll be a one through five seed. Okay, all right. like if yeah, they yeah, run yeah. the table in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're awesome, a, and they win the Big Ten Championship, you're a one seed. Right. If you finish second in the yep. Big Ten, you're a two seed. Third, like, down the list you go. Just keep getting better. Be healthy. Exactly. Yeah. Go into the, go into the tournament with momentum because these early season, especially yeah. the students are on campus to celebrate it. Right. If you're not going to the fucking games and Cares. partying around it, okay, yeah. you lost, you beat Rutgers. Fine. Get better. And Rutgers yeah. a good team. Yeah. I don't yeah, mind really that. I don't mind having a Rutgers yeah. in the Big Ten. Yep. For basketball. For basketball. Until Shiano kind of gets it going. If Shiano's there for thirty years, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, Shiano, man. I don't know if he's he's got the same magic twice. I mean, he's he's already he's the only guy who's ever done anything there. Like he's this this Rutgers team in football this year was better than any Rutgers team they've had since he I left. Mean, they were like two in. So Rutgers six. is growing on me. Just as a as like a. Yeah. With a, a team to have a seat at the table. And I like the the stuff they did with Sopranos and like Sopranos, the jersey. Yeah. You know, it's like I like it. You know. 
I like that Big Ten Network cartoon graphic where they start Nebraska <laughs> and they pop one. all and the things yeah, up and then it ends that. in it ends in I, uh, I've New York City. I've always thought I love that. Me too. <laughs> that the Big Ten Net has the best commercials. I love those and that little tune it has. Dun yeah. dun dun dun. And then dun, the other dun, thing dun, about dun, losing dun, early, dun, like dun. I like them losing to a bunch of Jersey kids early. Sure, and and the, like everybody does that. So like the Kentucky teams that go undefeated, the Illinois team that you know with uh, D Brown and Darren Williams, like. That, like those teams just don't happen. So, breed. right. So like that just uh, like it's you can't win every game and just you know just keep, keep Dave, getting better. Dave, are you gonna address the cats' big win yesterday? Uh, it's the craziest fucking thing on the planet. Number four, Michigan State. The uh, Northwestern Wildcats in basketball, and I know I I beat their dicks in football all the time. Beat the absolute shit. I I have a real bone to pick with you at Michigan State. <laughs> I got, What's I, that? I am irate. Go ahead. <laughs> You sent me a text saying... Oh, did you do that? Yeah. I didn't even know the game was on. I'm sorry. Dave says, live bet Michigan State. Live bet it. This is when they're down like 15. Early in the second half is when I saw the text. And I was like, holy shit. But like, I hadn't been watching. I didn't know they were playing. I haven't seen Michigan State. It's just like, I know know what Michigan State's brand is. And if Dave, the biggest Northwestern rah rah go you Northwestern guy on the planet, is saying, "Hey, lie, like Michigan State's coming back," and I put a little something on Michigan State, I'm sorry. All right, I, I you know what? You. I'm an apology guy, so I forgive I'm sorry. you. But I was, I was not happy. You don't understand how Unso- many times unsolicited they've text, done that. Unsolicited live bet Michigan State, and then they don't, they don't cover. In the last Whew. two to three years. I have watched Northwestern get up to double-digit leads on many teams only to blow it, and every single fucking time that happens, yeah, I go, why didn't I live bet it? Because I, I, I know the basketball team better than I know, Vegas knows the basketball team, and every single time, like, they're going to blow this game. And yeah. it's a 100% certainty in my brain that that'll happen. Uh, when they beat Michigan State the other night, that was no different. I'm like, there's no fucking way they win. There's too much time left. Yep. But they, And it wasn't even fluky or anything. Like, it wasn't like the bunch of, like, balls were bouncing their way, a couple of banked-in three shit. Like, they just beat them. They looked beat like their ass. the better team from start to finish. And it's a – I, like, was looking around to, like, is anybody watching this? Perfect Northwestern. Nobody's – it's Sunday night. Everybody's eyes on football, uh, both the NFL and college football playoff. Nobody in the stands. It's a random fucking Big Ten opener. Northwestern just mops the floor at the top five team. I can't believe it happened. But good for them. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. On their way to 10 Not good for me. Season. Good for them. I bet it too, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that they did that, though. Well, and, and to your credit, you do have like a long history of being on the right side of Northwestern basketball bets. Like the, the unders, like the, Dude, the upset that, spots. Like you've, you've been historically right. So when I got the text, I'm like, well, I didn't even know they, it was on, so I might I as well do I couldn't believe it. that. And as soon as I sent that text, do you know what happened? I, I remember the exact scenario, actually. Northwestern is up by 21. And in the next minute after I sent that text, Michigan State went on a 9-0 run. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. At least we'll make some money out of this epic choke. Yeah. And they didn't. They it, just it was, beat the shit out of them. It was Northwestern was up 15 when I, when I read the text. It, it was 20, and then Michigan State went, they hit two threes and then an and one within mm-hmm. like a 45 to second to a minute span. But, yeah, good for them. Northwestern plays Auburn New Year's Day. I will be in Vegas for that. Um couple of opt-outs unfortunately for northwestern so i don't know that they're they opened his favorites over over auburn though and it's always fun for a big 10 team to mop the floor with the sec team so 
Uh, I will allow you guys, other than Chief, on the bandwagon for one day and one day only. Pass. Ed, are you on the bandwagon? No, Southern Illinois is out of feed. Just beat Butler. Big That's win. True. Big win for the dogs. <laughs> I mean, hey, if they, it literally, it's funny you say that because we just talked on radio or whatnot. You're like, does it suck for you not having a dog in the face? Like, well, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I find it a relief that I don't have to get my heart ripped out. But hey, if they want to give me a, a, a literal dog. Mm-hmm. In the fight, I will take it. I will root for the dog. Even if it's just a reason, like, on Saturday, I was talking to my wife about, like, what do, what do we want to do, like, next couple days going into Christmas? And I was like, hold on a second. And I took out my phone, and I pulled up the Illinois basketball schedule because I did not want to make a fucking commitment that oh, yeah. would interfere. Yeah. And I'm not joking. I don't know if I've ever done that as an adult. I changed my flight from flying into Vegas New Year's Day bright and early to flying in the night before just around Northwestern, so I know exactly what you're talking about there. And so it just penetrates, and I think I'm, I'm, that's, where I, that's where I just want to be as a fan. I want to be in front of my teams. Yeah. I want to be on, on top of my shit. You yeah. know, dude, a great example is just coming in when the Bulls, last couple of years doing this job, you just come in, and it's like, yeah, the Bulls lost to the Magic last night by 15. You're like, yeah. I have no consideration or care because yeah. they just don't pull you in. So I'm glad Southern is. I'll say we'll take an Illinois Southern when, Illinois four versus thirteen matchup. That'd be nice. I would be the biggest fan on earth. That would be <laughs> the worst. That one year they went to the Sweet Sixteen with Brian Mullen. Was that his name? Yeah, he's a coach now. He, their head yes, coach. That's he why they're is. turning it around. I didn't know yeah, that. I didn't yeah. Shout out to the girl best, South Mustangs. He's the best on the ball defender I've ever seen in college basketball. I'm not kidding. He couldn't score for his life, but bro, if he's you like legitimately going to change it around big time. There. He played on the Illinois Wolves with Bobby Frazier. They were the one two guards. Yeah, yeah. Bobby he was, was a shooting guard. He was a point guard. He, he was, was the best on the ball Lola. defender. Assistant Loyola got the head job. Mm-hmm. Like he's real big in like AAU here in Chicago. Like he, they're going to be. Southern's going to come. I was rooting for them for sure. To beat the shit out of Bobby Knight in Texas Tech when they went to that was in the Sweet no that was go to the Sweet Sixteen in like two thousand seven or eight yeah they had when two Sweet the, Sixteen appearances they were good they yeah. were awesome and were like they choked against kids. they choked against Kansas yeah they were legitimately good yeah. Mullins chunked the layup that game Laurie Markkinen doesn't get an extension balls are starting up I think tonight first game yep what are your thoughts on that so I thought it was a bigger deal than I think the rest of people well I just thought it was a big deal because I see it going around. And then I think I have some emotional stock in it where it's like, here comes AK, European guy. We kind of traditionally see Laurie as undervalued. Last couple of years under Jim Boylan, it's like, what the fuck are we even doing with Laurie after his rookie year? You thought there'd be promise next two years, kind of get wasted. So I was like, oh, AK might come in, extend him cheap, you know, build around him. Um, but no, they don't extend him. There's pressures on Laurie's now to go out and have a good year, and then he'll be a restricted free agent. That's what the research says. Do you like that? Now that you know, like he's, a, they can match, and like yeah, I'm just the, being a whiny little bitch. I just want my, I want my, I want the plan to be set now. Okay, I, I understand. And you're like, that okay, makes great. Sense. So that I think sense. it's selfish on my end where I'm like, I want to know that we have pieces in place. It's not so much about Laurie as much as it is about me feeling that AK yeah, has it. Like we, like there's something to build here already. So I feel like this is a. Cl- I know we're punting, but it makes me feel like this is obviously such a. Cl- like, do they yeah. want? Are we tanking? No, no, we're not tanking. We're trying to figure out what the fuck we have. Dude. Yeah. They're going to sit there. They need a season to go through this. Then him and Donovan are going to sit down. Like, hey, what do you like about this guy? What do you like about this guy? What don't you like about this guy? And I think they're going to fucking assess it from there. It's yeah. too, It's the same thing with we were like, oh, my God, they're talking about Wendell Carter for the second pick and whatever for, for Wiseman. And it's like, oh, no, I don't want to give Wendell Carter. But it's like, hey, everyone's expendable. 
Yeah. Legitimately, everybody. Like, there, there shouldn't so. be any... I, I understand, like, your reason for being an emotional attachment, because it, like, but you could swap out any of the player names. Correct. Yes. Correct. If it you took Laurie and you were like, it's a Colby White's turn to get the extension. Right. So, yeah, it's just more right. about, like... Like, I just want to see AK do some stuff. Right. You just want to feel secure, like, okay, like, we've got enough here to build toward something. But it could be just player X that you just, it doesn't have to be, you know, but whatever. I think everybody else on the same page. I I like Lori. I think that, you know, we've seen this. They they did, you know, the old regime, you know, Zach Levine signed that. uh, He signed an offer sheet from the Kings with a Bulls match. So I think that, you know, it's a prove-it deal. I like a guy like that on a prove-it deal. It was bad last year, though. He was bad. I'm willing to put that on Jim Boylan, and because and Laurie was pretty vocal for a young guy, being like, "I don't fucking mm-hmm. like it." But he here. had Boylan the year before. Yeah, like it wasn't but he's just re- a one year. But Boylan. he's regressed. Like he, re- I would say that he regressed. Like he, remember when he came back after his rookie year yeah. and he was fucking yoked and it was like, "All right, like Laurie's going to be the fucking man," and then it just. Yeah, but he I his least amount of field goal attempts last year yeah. in his career coming and, off that though. And what did his three point percentage drop to? Thirty four. He's thirty six to thirty four. Okay, so it wasn't that drastic, and his two point percentage usage went up. His minutes, his minutes actually went down just a little bit. But the biggest difference is he took four less shots per game. Yeah, and I don't know why. Yeah, but listen, that could be back to Laurie because. It's it's such an individual fucking game. It's like you don't want to be in a situation where you're just like he should be taking the steps where he goes out on the floor and he's like, hey, I'm putting up 15, 16 shots tonight because yeah. I'm the yep. best player and I have to. But how much of that is Zach Levine? Yeah, yeah. I'm not out on Lori. I I want him to be good. I want there to be a fucking cornerstone from the Jimmy Butler trade mm-hmm. because Jimmy Butler stock just keeps rising and rising in the NBA. So I'm really rooting for him, but I think they made the right move. Given the current state of the Bulls, yeah, you you mentioned that you think Anthony Miller will, will go somewhere and blossom as a wide receiver. I could see that absolutely being the case. Nothing the kills you more worse than a bad contract, though. So like, just, I'd I'd rather see like I'd rather overpay like once he or like oh like we have to pay a little bit extra because he was now he got to a free agency, than give him that money now and he's just a dog. It's great. So point. yeah, they used him a lot on the outside last year. Little mm-hmm. statistical, his shots. Went down four per game. Yep. But his three pointers went up per game. Which I don't really love that so either. Wrap your head but, around that. Yep. Uh, anything else? I don't have nothing on Cubs other than we're just slugging through and just being patient. You get a little Blackhawks. <clears throat> yeah, the Hawks, uh, you know, they're starting up January 13th. The NHL, NHLPA got it done. I was complaining about that a couple of weeks ago. The Hawks are in a division because everything's realigned because of COVID for one year. They're in, quote unquote, the central division with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just won the Stanley Cup. Carolina Hurricanes featuring uh, Tara Vinen, the Dallas Stars, who were in the Stanley Cup final, Predators, who are still a good team, uh, Columbus, who is a hard, hard-ass team to play against, Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers, uh, then it's the Hawks and the Wings. So the Hawks and the Wings at the bottom of the division, most likely. The Hawks are 10-1 to 1 right now to win the division. The Red Wings are 25-1. to 1. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's going to be, it's one of those things that if they had just signed Crawford, I would be like... They're probably eight to one to win the division, and they're probably right there in the mix for a playoff spot. But they didn't, and uh, so now it's it's going to be it's going to be some hard slugging. I love the they're fact they're not that, trying to lose though, according to Stan. According to Stan, uh, I do. Love why the, didn't they sign uh, Crow? <laughs> I mean, if they're trying to if they're trying to win. I mean, PK. Yep. 
I mean, I just hate these teams yeah. in this division too. PK's brother, yeah. sorry. I, I, I hate playing these teams. I love being back with Detroit. I also love. Yeah, that's a good one, and that, I do like Tampa's in there and Nashville. So the other thing I really love about this division is that there's going to be so many. All the road games are, for the most part, going to start at six six thirty at night. So you got to be done at nine o'clock, and yeah. that's that's nice. You don't have to stay up until like it sucks. That's the number one advantage, yeah, by far. When they when the Hawks are bad, and it's like they're playing Vancouver, but I know I'm going to stay up until you know after midnight just to watch them get their ass kicked. That sucks. So I'd rather watch them get their ass kicked by, you know, Tampa Bay, and be done with it. At eight thirty at night, right? Where you know Vancouver is going to stay up to watch the the Toronto game, or vice versa, or yeah, whatever. Right? Like those fan bases, they they're right. And it's just you know, and I'm not saying you wouldn't. No, it's I more do. Convenient. Yeah, oh, but I do sorry. stay up that late, and then it's like, but I know. So then I'm like extra miserable because I stayed up late and they suck. If they suck, but I get a nice night's sleep, I'm in a better mood the next day. So I think that's something. Uh, at least we can stick that feather in our cap. And watch Patrick Kane, and that's going to be about it. And, uh, you know, hope for the best. I, I really, you know, I don't hate the roster as it's currently constructed with the exception of the goaltending. Malcolm. If Not I could do a division, I'd have, like, Boston, Pittsburgh, New York. That division's so loaded. Philly, Chicago, Detroit. Florida Panthers. Toronto, and Montreal. I also that would be sweet if they just did like that the sweetest sweet. brands yeah. in hockey. Put them all together. I'm I, being selfish. I Is do, there something xenophobic about separating the American and Canadian teams? Probably for the Canadians, <laughs> they think they're so fucking great. Well, uh, I mean, it's cool. I think if you win the Canadian, I you think should if get your own like, little trophy. You should get a little yeah, trophy, a little maple leaf thing or something. I I also um, I like their their. I've been told. I don't think this is official yet, but they're going to do like a baseball schedule format. So like you're gonna play mm. at Detroit two like a Friday and a Sunday, and then you're gonna play against Dallas, you know, two or three in a row. And they're gonna try to limit travel and play it that way. I think that's interesting. I also think that that helps. Like I love when there's bad blood in hockey because it boils over. So when you have those home and homes historically, like the second half of the home and home gets a little nasty, a little chippy. I think if you're doing that a lot over the course of the season, you're gonna have some fireworks. So it might be you know if you're if you're the casual guy. Uh, who likes who likes the fights? I think you're going to get more of that this year. Scores will be settled earlier. We won't have the big, big dirty hit in December that gets settled in February. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I like a little bit of that. So yeah. I think there, there's there's some good things about it. So they're going to play like 56 games and try to get back on that normal calendar. And you know, I I need hockey in my life. Like it's just like it's, it helps me like with my routine at night. Like I know I have something to do. Go home and watch the Hawks on a Wednesday. It's it's pretty good. So I'm excited. Pound some three chi. Pound some three chip. Actually, those things haven't overlapped yet, really. So you're is looking a, forward to that. Yeah, though. Is this a realignment in division <laughs> names too? Like, are yeah, we done with the Metro and the Atlantic? I think it's just yeah for this year, and you know they have the North Division, which is just the I Canada. love it. Yeah, I don't know. I, this hit, this caught my attention when this came out. If you yeah. if you're surprised why I'm like you're into I it. have like opinions yeah. about this because I saw it and I was like, oh, this is sweet. This mm. at least makes sense to me. Yeah. The only thing I wish in terms of the division names. Maybe you guys won't care about this as much. Back in the day, they used to have like divisions named after old time hockey guys. So like oh, they had the, cool. the Norris division and the Campbell division. 